Mizmor Kafbet, This is a tefillah of someone in extreme tzara, extreme duress. His enemies want to kill him, and they mock him for his belief and trust in God. His stress is completely debilitating him, debilitating and brings him to a state of anochitolat, I am nothing. He feels as though his body is falling apart. And we can see the intensity of his suffering with the opening line of the Mizmor of Eli Eli Lama Azavtani. He feels distant from and abandoned by God. However, we will see that his complete despair is turned into complete bitachon when he says the phrase Umikarne Remim Anitani. He feels confident Hashem will answer him. So confident, in fact, that he's able to explicitly describe how Hashem will save him and how everyone around him will react to that salvation. The Mizmor basically has two sections. The first one, Tilperik Kafbet, is the cry of distress, the crying out because of Sarah. And then Pisukim Kafgimot Tulamidbet is the promise of thanks for the anticipated salvation. Pasuk Aleph. So this Mizmor is said by many Kihilot on Purim uh, because the Midrash explains Ayelet HaShachar as referring to Esther. So this Mizmor was in the eyes of that Midrash said by Esther and Mordechai during the distressful time of the story of Purim. The, the, the phrase Ayelet HaShachar can also refer to a morning star so perhaps this is a morning prayer. Alternatively, it Ayelat Hashachar can connote an instrument, similar to the way we explained Amot Laben and Sheminit, other musical instruments that we've seen, and we have seen that it is very common for the opening pasuk to make some kind of musical reference. Pasuk Bet. Eli Eli Lama Azavtani Rachok Mishuati Divrei Sha'agati My God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you distant from my salvation, from the words of my crying? So we've seen many Mizmorim opening with Hashem's name, but we do not see the word Eli previously. So here we have El instead of Hashem's name. We have a double language. And also we have the speaker speaking to himself. We do not hear him calling out to God directly. This, these differences highlight his sense of despair. He's so distant from God he can't even directly address God. So then we might ask, if this is such a distressful mizmor, why are we starting with this Ayelat HaShachar, morning star, something hopeful? And we'll see that as we get to the end of this mizmor, this really is an optimistic and hopeful mizmor. Pasuk Gimal. Elohai ekra yomam velo velayla velo dumiali. My God, I call out to you by day, and you do not answer. By night, I have no peace. Pasuk Dalet, But you, the Holy One, are enthroned in Israel's praises. Meaning, this is not like you, Hashem, to disregard my prayers, for me to be in a complete lack of discomfort. Rather, you're Tehilot Israel. You're the subject of the Tehilot of Israel for all of the salvation that you bring them. For example, Pasuk Becha batechu avotenu. And you are fathers trusted, trusted, and you save them. Pasuk Vav. Elecha Velovoshu. 
To you they cried out and escaped. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. So we're hearing some of the background of what the Mishorer expects and how that contrasts to what he's experiencing now. And this phrase of the ancestors, lo boshu, brings us to the next cry that in contrast to this, the Mishorer feels completely embarrassed and, and made to feel worthless by his enemies. Pasuk zayin, ve'anochi, so in contrast to you, I am tola'at ve'lo'ish, I'm a worm and not a man. A disgrace among men, I am reviled by the people. He's saying, as I pass by, all those who see me, they mock me, they open their mouths to say things against me, they shake their heads. And next we'll hear what it is that they're saying. They're mocking him, saying, Oh, whoever turns to Hashem, Hashem will save him. He will save him because he desires him. So this mockery can either be a challenge to the Mishorer's beliefs, where is this God who you trusted in and who should be saving you? Or perhaps it's a way to put him down, right? Hashem will save those who he is desirous of. Perhaps the enemies are saying, God must not want you because he doesn't seem to be saving you. And next, we're going to hear why the Mishorah has been so trusting of God up until now and why he's so distressed at this feeling of distance. For you removed me from the womb, made me safe on my mother's breast. From the time that I was born, you've been protecting me. On you I was thrown from the womb, from my mother's belly, you were my God. So I was reliant on you from the moment of, the, of my birth, there was a connection, but now there's the sense of Eli Eli Lama Azavtani. And we'll hear the continuation of that initial pasuk in the next pasuk, Yud Bet. Do not distance yourself from me, for distress is near, for there is none to help. Now we're going to hear the description of this distress. Many strong, mighty, wild cows surrounded me. The mighty of the Bashan surrounds me. So when we hear the word parim here, we don't want to have an image of a nice domesticated cow sitting in a barn. We're thinking of some wild field animals raised in the Bashan. These would be fat and strong. So some kinds of wild beasts. Yudalit, patsu alai pihem, toref They open their mouths on me, a ravening, roaring lion. So if you pay attention, normally the lion should open his mouth and then eat me. But this is just poetic language that we're seeing in the Pasuk. So the enemies are compared to wild animals. First we see bulls. Then we hear the mouth opening with their roars or perhaps the cries of the enemy. And then we see the lion ready to pounce. This fear and the anticipation of suffering has completely debilitated the Mishorer. Tetvav 
Kamayim nishpachti v'hitpardu kol atzmotai. Like water, I have spilled out. All of my limbs have come apart. Hayali bikadonag namis betoch me'ai. My heart was like wax melting inside my innards. So the image of melting is someone who's he's melting. He's completely overtaken by fear. He's falling apart. He cannot stand to support himself against that which he's which he fears. This image of debilitation will continue in the next pasuk, but in this pasuk we'll see an image of complete drying out. Someone who's drying out and weary as opposed to someone who is melted and weary. Tadzain, yavesh kacheres kochi, my strength dried like pottery. When a person makes pottery, they start out with some dirt and water, but then you fire it and it completely desiccates. The mishorer too feels completely dried like pottery, and one who is dry lacks vitality. He doesn't have that life's energy flowing through him. And my tongue is glued to my palate, and you put me as the dust of death. So this is, he not even is falling apart, he also imagines himself as the dust formed from the remains of the dead. Yudzayin. For dogs surrounded me, a band of evildoers encircles me, like a lion, my hands and my feet. So he imagines a band of wild dogs coming to eat his remains once he has died. After we have that image of la'afar mavet, he imagines his death, he imagines being encircled and completely destroyed. I will count all my limbs, meaning I'm going to count all the wounds I have all over my body. And while I do this, my enemies will just look at me. So basically, they'll see me lying there, dying. And what will they do? They won't be concerned about my salvation. Rather, they'll start looking at what I'm wearing, separate my garments among them, and on my clothes they'll cast lots. They'll say, all right, as soon as this man is dead, who will get his clothes? His life is meaningless to them. But you, Hashem, kaf ve'ata Adunai, al tirchak, eyaluti le'ezrati chusha. But you, Hashem, do not be distant. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Do not be like these enemies who sit and watch me while away. Rather, come quickly to save me. This is now the third time we've heard the request of not to be far away. al tirchak continually repeating this, don't be far away, don't be far away, lets us get a sense of his feeling of complete despair. Kaf Aleph, Hatsila mecherev nafshi, miyad kelev yechidati. Save my Save me, save from the sword my soul, from the dog's power my person. Kafbet, hoshi'eni mi pi rescue me from the mouth of the lion, umi karne remim anitani. From the horns of the ram, you answered me. So, with that last word, anitani, we see the shift in the mizmor. We finally see a change in tense and a, cha- and a change in tone. The Mishorer now has bitachon that he will be answered. 
So after his multiple requests of God, he has faith that he has been heard. Let me tell of your name to my brothers. In the assembly, let me praise you. He is promising to sing God's praise once he is saved. And we'll see that he is so confident that he's saved, that he will be saved, that he is able to describe in great detail the actions and the praise that he will take once he is saved. Those who fear God praise him. All the children of Yaakov honor him, praise him. And fear him, all the children of Israel. The miracles that Hashem will perform to save him will cause the nation to praise and fear God, a similar response that we saw after Kiryat Yamsuf. For he has not spurned, nor has he despised the tefillah of the meek of the tzaddikim, and he has not hidden his face from them. So while the enemies mocked him and said, Your tola'at, God doesn't care about you, in fact, Hashem will answer him, or Hashem has answered him. And when he prayed to Hashem, he heard. Kavav, me'itcha tehilati, bikahal rav, nidarai ashalem negedireav. My praise is from you. Among a great congregation, my vows I will fulfill, facing all those who fear him, meaning in front of all of the Hashem, he will fulfill his nidarim. This is likely a reference to korbanot, to the korbanot of thanks that he will bring once he is saved. Kavzayin, yochlu anavim v'isba'u. Those who fear God will eat and will be satisfied. What are they eating here? This is an image of everybody sitting down, a seudat hoda'ah, eating from the korbanot that the mishorer would bring for thanks. Yehalelu Adonai doreshav. Those who seek God will praise Him. And what will they? And they will. And they will say, la'ad." Your souls will live forever. So this will be some kind of refrain, a very confident refrain that they're saying around the table. We should all live forever. We have been saved. And through this prayer, through this meal and occasion of thanks, everyone will come to recognize God. Kafchet. All the far ends of the earth will remember and return to Hashem. And they will bow before Him, all the families of the nations. For to Hashem is the kingship, and He rules over the nations. So we'll see who the true ruler is. While the enemies may have felt that they were powerful, after the Mishorah is saved, it will be apparent to everyone who has witnessed his salvation that God is the true king. Lamed, achelu v'yishtachavu kol dishnei aretz. To him will bow down all those who ate and were satisfied. Lefanav yichru'u kol yoridei afar. To him will bow down 
before him will bow down, I apologize, all those going to the ground. So it seems to be and who's, those who go down to the ground and those whose souls will not live. So it seems that perhaps in the midst of this exaltation, there's a reminder of death, a reminder for the people to know it is only God who determines who will live and who will die. But alas, even after death, this praise of God will not cease. Lamit Aleph, Zera Ya'avdenu, Yisupar Ladonai Lador. The offspring will serve him. They will tell of Hashem to their generation. Lamit Bet, Yavou V'yagidu Sidkato Le'am Nolad Ki Asa. They will come and tell his righteousness to the new nation born, for he has done. So while we have previously read in multiple Mizmorim that there's no one to praise God after death, here we see that even after death, the next generation will live to sing Hashem's praises. So while we began with ultimate despair, we end with such confidence and a sense of thanks to God that we believe that even our children will be able to sing of the salvation. And we really see a theme of reference to the continuum of salvation from Hashem to the Jewish people. The Mishorer felt broken and separated because he knew that Am Yisrael, his ancestors, had always relied on God. He knew that from the time he was born, he was dependent on God. But then there seemed to be a separation. However, perhaps in stating his belief in the bitachon of Hashem in the past, he's able to become so confident that he knows Hashem will save him. And not only will he save him, he will save the future generations or the future generations will be able to tell of this salvation. And perhaps it's this extreme confidence, this confidence that will lead to further generations believing in and trusting God that makes this Mizmor one which is often said in times of, in dark times for the Jewish people.